Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I'll have some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. Are you there, Apostle? I am. 
excited to have you. I'm just going to move out your way and let God use you. But thank you so much. And before will you close out, can you give us that awesome prayer? Because I want to say this, and I said I wasn't going to say nothing else, but I'm excited. This is a testimony. I, too, Apostle Mercer, be dealing with some things and that my faith become weak, but I try to stand on a grain of a mustard seed. I am only human. And, you know, it's good when you can reach out to the prayer of the righteous prevaileth much. And I was dealing with a situation, I'm going to tell you, if you need a job, that when he prays, he opened up the door that God will release those cattle on a thousand hill, and he was able to uh, pray for a soldier, and they received that job. So all praises go out to God. And we thank Apostle Lockamy that he intercede into that situation, and it came to pass. The last testimony I want to say that I asked Dad, I call him my dad, and that he was able to pray for someone's health, that uh, the air was outside their body and their lungs, and they was having a problem with the functioning of their body parts. But we thank God that he interceded, that he prayed, and that prayers went up. And we thank God for the prayer of righteous prevaileth much. I just got the praise report about 10 or 15 minutes ago that it has cleared up. The doctors can't find it nowhere, and they looked on the x-ray and looked everywhere. So hallelujah, praises go out to God that that person received their healing back, that the doctor said they see no trace of it. So all praises go out to God. And thank you so much, Apostle for praying for that situation. Those are the two testimonies that came in so far, and thank you for that victory praise report. Yeah, to God be the glory, yeah. All right, I'm going to turn it over to you, and thank you again. And do pray for us before you close out tonight. <coughs> we will. Do you need time to go get some water or anything? We're good. Okay, then. God bless you. All right. We count the privilege and the opportunity again to be able to do the will of God. Paul said earlier in his in his message that, that he was called by God, and that's the best way we can ever get anything done. It would be called by God. You got you know a lot of people say that God had called them, and when you get through and they get through making a mess and coming short of His glory, uh, we wonder did they wait on Him to tell them what to do? It's one thing to be called. But it's another thing to find out what to call you for. I could call you and tell you to come here. But now when you come to where I'm at, if I don't tell you to do anything, then you don't need to turn around and go running saying that I told you to preach. I told you to prophesy. I told you to start a church. I hadn't told you nothing. All I did was call you. See, the Bible says many had called, but few chosen. God don't send everybody to call. And you got a lot of people that said, I heard the Lord call me. And God ain't said not one word to them. And they went out doing things because they said that God told them. If, you, if, if God called you, then you got to wait and let God tell you what he had you to do. The scripture said he that had been called to preach, let him wait on his preaching. He that had been called to teach, let him wait. He that had been called to prophesy, let him wait on his prophecy. You don't learn to prophesy until tomorrow and you got saved yesterday. Because got, you got to learn the voice of God. you got to learn your own voice. you got to learn the voice of the devil so you'll know the difference. Instead of you up there saying something that you saw on TV or saying something that you heard somebody say in a gossiping conversation, that ain't the Lord. 
This is not a game we play. Prophecy is real. You hurt people feeling when you start telling them what does say the Lord, promising people something that don't come to pass. The Bible said this is how you'll know it's the Lord. It shall surely come to pass. And we got so many people, I don't know why I got on this, but I want to be led by the Spirit. I know what I got written down, but I'm trying to help somebody. If you've been called to prophesy, you can't sit in a gossiping conversation all the time. Prophets don't sit around gossiping people. Because next thing I know, you'll be prophesied a gossip. He didn't call, he called you the prophet side, not gossip side. You got to know the difference between gospel side and prophet side. You got to make sure that you saying what God told you to say and not what Lily May told you in that meeting y'all had the other night. Now, you'll get up in church on Sunday morning and prophesy on something that you and Lily May talked about all week at the banquet and at Western Sizzle in the Golden Corral. You got to know how to talk I don't know who I'm talking to, but you got to know that God has called you to prophesy. And you got to prophesy according to faith. Now, if you don't believe God said it, ain't nothing you telling me. You got to first believe that God told you what you're telling me. Then the Bible said, according to the proportion of faith, it's by faith. You don't know what God, you are, all you're doing is what God told you to do. God is the one that's going to add the increase. You just obey God. But make sure that it is God that is talking to you and not your mind, not that greasy biscuit you ate last night and laid down on and got up this morning talking about what does say the Lord. Because you hurt people feeling. Your gifts are supposed to edify people. Your gifts are supposed to build people up. Your your guilt is supposed to call perfection to come in people's lives. And if your guilt is not doing that, you need to check and see. There's nothing wrong with waiting on, on God to perfect you. You just got to say yesterday, you don't hear the voice of God like that. You look at Samuel. Been in the, he was in the house of God, right there with the man of God, and he still did not know the voice of God. The Bible said the voice of God was, was, was not operating much in those days. And he had to go ask Samuel, Samuel, did you call me? And he had to tell him, say, go back. No, I didn't call you. And next time he said that you heard the voice, say, Lord, here am I. And that's what somebody needed to say. Now, Lord, is that you talking to me? Find out either way. Listen, please help me. Before you go telling anybody something, find out is that God talking to you. Then if it's God talking to you, then ask God what would you have me to tell them, Lord, and how much would you have me to tell them. And we get going on and on and on and have that stuff they saying God ain't said nothing. I don't like false hope. I don't like my be built up. The Bible says uh, that 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 preferred hope makes the heart sick. What that means is you don't build up my hope. Tell me God's gonna give me a house and God's gonna give me a car and God's gonna do this and twenty years old and went by and ain't none of them things happening. And here I am done had my heart all built up, waiting on this. So I encourage you Praying fast and ask God to make his voice sensitive to you. This ain't no big thing where you think you all that and hear you hearing God 24 hours a day. Come on now. It don't work like that right there. Here you hear more God more than the apostle. You hear God more than your pastor. You hear God more than the prophets in the church. Don't suffer. Baby, you got to suffer for this thing, baby. There's some suffering involved in this here in order for you to grow in grace. You don't grow overnight and get something 20 years, what somebody took 40 years to get. You got to humble yourself so God can give you these things and stay humble under your pastor. I don't know where I'm going this way. I got to obey God. Stay humble under your pastor. You pastors out there. They got the ministers and the leaders that is hard-headed and rebellious and won't humble themselves onto you, and you done told them three or four times what to do, and they're still trying to take over. Sit 
them down. Don't feel bad about it. This ain't about no cousins. This ain't about no kinfolk. This ain't about no in-laws, no outlaws. If they can't obey you, you need to set them down because they're bringing a rebellious spirit in the church. And next thing you know, that rebellious spirit will get on the member. It will get on the trustee. It will get on the usher. And that's why they're going to start acting contrary. Look what happened to Moses. Look what happened to Moses when that disobedient spirit got in there. And them two men took it, reared up against Moses, and called 70,000 people to follow them. It don't take long for a rebellious person to get somebody behind them. 70,000, the Bible says, Zambri and Zambra rose up against Moses, told Moses that we just as good as you. God talked to us just like he talked to you. We are prophets like you is. And in the morning, we're going to show you whose side the Lord is on. Hey, y'all know the story, a long story short, how God showed up, and they were over there trying to decide, waiting for the Lord to come over there and, and, and so they could prove whose side the Lord on. And I hear the Lord is fit to kill them all. And the Lord over there talking to Moses, said, Moses, I'll kill every one of them if you just move out of the way. But Moses been such an armor man, wouldn't allow God to do it. But God still killed 70,000 of them, killed the family, killed the mom and the dad, the children, the cows, the goats, the hogs, everything they had. Went into the ground. So I encourage you prophets, lay before the Lord. Be chasing the Lord. Make sure that the Lord is talking to you and not the devil, not your mind, not your emotions, not your feelings. And when you do that, your gift will be perfected. Wait on the Lord. Fast and pray. Read the Bible. Wait on the Lord and grow in grace. And then you go. There are plenty of time for you to go. There are plenty of time for you to operate in the Lord. Tonight, this message, oh, this is going to be awesome because I feel anointing. I feel anointing on this message. When I feel the anointing on the message, I, I know that God got something in store. Please excuse me. <coughs> My message tonight is controlling our emotions. What do the Bible say about controlling our emotions? What do the Bible say about controlling our emotions? What is our emotion? Our actions, our character, our behavior. Hmm? This is our emotion. Whenever we get out of control, we're out of we're not controlling our emotions. When you control your emotions, you don't snap. You don't get mad and cut somebody out because something didn't go. You're not showing signs of controlling your emotions. We're Christian. Uh, we've been born again, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is temperance. I want to come from 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. Please go with me. You might want to write these down. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has ever have overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. No temptation come on you and make you do wrong, make you drink, make you smoke, make you lie. God's grace is greater than the temptation. You hear what I'm saying? If your temptation is just like anybody else, you ain't been tempted above nobody else. But God really tempted me. No, the Bible said that's not so. 
God don't, God don't like want to be tempted more than another. He said, no temptation will take you no further than any man, common to any man. We all been made, we all not tempted by the same thing, but we all attempted the same. Okay? We all are not tempted by the same thing, but we all tempted the same. God don't God gonna make you be tempted more than he make me be tempted so you'll fall. And remember, God ain't tempting you no way. For the Bible said the temptation didn't come from God. It came from the devil because God tempts no man, neither is he tempted. So that's why you can control your actions. You can control this. God will make a way of escape. That means he will show you how to get out of that temptation. He know that temptation. He know that you fit to make a mistake. He know you fit to do something. And as I said, to all of it, it may be a different something, but it's wrong. He know you fit to do something wrong. And, and, and he, when you pray, he will fix it. He will step in. He will make a way to to escape so you won't do that thing that you're about to do. It is wrong. You got some people, Christians, they might be tempted to rob a bank. They, they, yeah, they stay, but the devil, but they've been going through in the finances. They don't, can't take it no more, and they can't, they pride on the line, and they can't pay the light bill, can't pay the work, can't pay the rent, fit to lose their home, uh, fit to lose their car. And for that reason, the devil tells them, hey, well, you need to rob a bank. That's what the devil says, but it ain't what God says. For the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. So you got to let the scripture come in. Regardless though you've been tempted, you got to still know that God is a provider. You got to know that God said to see the bird of the air, he clothed the lily of the valley, he'll clothe you. You got to know that even though you know you've been, you've been tempted and, and, and you're about to lose your home, and you're about to lose your precious goods, your material things, and you feel like that's the answer. That is not the answer. The Bible said, beauty is deceitful, but robbery is vain. It's a vain thing for you to go robbing somebody, try to take their money in order to meet your need. The Bible said, he that get money by unruly gain is like a man that have a bag with a hole in it. If you get it, it ain't going to last, and it's going to be gone. And then you get caught, you're going to prison for the rest of the life. So, so God's grace is sufficient. So if I'm talking to somebody, ain't just got to be robbing a bank. I just use robbing a bank. But whatever the temptation may be, it may be tempted to commit adultery. It may be temptation to commit fornication. Uh, it may be temptation to lie. But just know that God's grace is sufficient. Sometimes you have to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm about to do something that is not right, and I need you, I need you to intervene. I need you to help me. God ain't going to get mad at you because you prayed that prayer. He wants you to pray that prayer, Lord. I know you said your grace was sufficient, and I need your grace to step in. And, Lord, if you don't, or if your grace don't step in this situation, I'm going to make a shipwreck of my marriage, or, or, or I'm going to make a shipwreck of my life. And when you do, God will help you control. God is a God of control. You hear me? He will help you. He has the, the power to control any situation in your life. Proverbs 16 and 32. Whoever is slow to anger, I'm going to be like slow tonight. I'm going to try not to, to go real fast. I don't want you to understand me clearly with clarity. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. Now, in the Bible days, the cities, some cities had walls around them, and some cities didn't. And they always had the, the, the bandits, the, the, group, the people that come from other countries, and sometimes they came by the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and sometimes they might have came by three or four hundred. And a city that didn't have no wall around it, they would raid that city and, 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 and sometimes kill the men and take the women and the children and, and everything else they got. But if the city had a wall around it, it was hard to capture that city because you first had to get over the wall and, and take in order to get into the city. So many times cities like that, 
were protected because they had walls around them. And that's what the Bible said. Listen, whoever is slow to anger, if you slow to anger, you're like a walled-up city. If you slow to anger. And it said that he that rules his spirit, that he that takes a city. You remember I talking about taking a city? You can't take that city if a wall around that city. So if you can rule your spirit, it's like having a wall around you. You ain't going to get mad because somebody talked about you. They go get your gun and shoot them because they, they talked about your mama or talk about your sister. Isn't that something? Killing people, taking people alive because they talked about a family member. I got in a fight one day at school because they told my, me that my mama wore army boots. And I was mad, y'all. Now, my mom don't wear no army boots, but that made me mad because they said it in front of somebody, and I put a beating on them, too. But I also had to go to the principal office, and I got in trouble. Then, then I had to go home and, and deal with it at my mama, and I told my mama I thought that she would be glad that I took up for her. My mama asked me, said, did you look like I got any army boots on? I said, no, mama. She said, well, don't you fight nobody else. Because I said, Mama, they call you a cow and say you had army boot. She said, Do I look like a cow? I said, No, Mama. She's all right, dear. Why you fight that person just because they say I look like a cow? You know I don't look like no cow. And I ain't got no army boots on. She said, Don't you do that no more. So, see, that taught me something that I didn't need to fear my mama over a lie. You don't have to listen. You don't have to fear yourself over a lie. If it's a lie, if they say you can't do this, you get mad because they say she can't preach. Girl, she can't sing. And I heard her sing. She can't sing a bit. Well, listen, you won't sing for them no way. So you ain't got to get mad because you ain't trying to prove no point to nobody. Who cares whether or not they think you can sing? Who cares whether or not they think I can preach? I ain't preaching for them. I'm preaching for the Lord. God caught me. I'm preaching because God caught me. I ain't preaching for no prestige. I'm not preaching for no trophy. I'm not preaching for no admiration. I'm preaching because so is it with you. You're preaching because God called you to preach. So what? Oh, oh, my. There ain't many at the head church because he, he can't pass it that good. And, and our church got all that there. Your church is full of 5,000 devils. That's all. Sometimes that's all the is. The more folks the folk you got, the more devils you got in there. Some of them just hide in them pretty clothes they got on. It, it, it doesn't matter if you ain't got but 15 in your church. You rejoice and don't let nobody tell me that you're mad because they talked about your church and got but a handful of people. The Bible said the spies not small to get it. Do you know everything started small? They might be big now, but that don't mean they're bigger than the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, good, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. And what the writer meant by that at the end of that verse, when he says such thing there is no law, when you're walking in these fruits of the Spirit, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, when you walk in these nine gifts, if you perfect yourself, and these nine gifts ain't nothing to move you. You hear me? They can lie on you. They can talk about you. They can hang your now on the signboard. They can say all kind of evil against you falsely. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to have a, a, a joy in your heart. And you're going to be rejoicing because, first of all, you got love, huh, to cover you. You got joy to cover you. And you're full of peace. Ain't studying nobody. You got patience on your side so you can wait patience to God fix it. You got kindness. They got you backed up. You got goodness got you backed up. You got faithness got you backed up. You got gentleness got you backed up. <coughs> Excuse me. 
and self-controls. You got all these on you, and with them being your buddy, your friend, your brothers, and your brothers in this in in, in the fruit realm, you is gonna be steadfast in the Lord. Galatians five sixteen and twenty four. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen, if you want to walk in self control, you got to do it in the Spirit. You can't do it in the flesh because you're going to lose it in the flesh. You can go off on your supervisor. You go on your wife, your children. When you, when you, when you don't walk in, in controlling your emotion, you're going to be unstable. Listen, your, your emotions, your emotion is not fake. You hear me? Your emotion is not fake. Some people are trying to walk in faith in their emotion. You can't walk by faith in your emotion because your emotion will be up and down. Your, your emotions will be up today and down tomorrow, in the day, out tomorrow. And, if, and the Bible said the just shall walk by faith. It didn't say the just shall walk by the emotion. Emotional people uh, become unstable. Uh, uh, uncontrolling emotional people become unstable. Controlling your, your I, I, I've met people when I was in prison, and I met people there in prison while I was there at a few moments I was there. I met people there that was on death row. You know what they told me? They told me that if they had enough opportunity, just a few more minutes, they wouldn't have did what they did. Here they had got life sentence for killing somebody, taking somebody's life. They told me if they would have had one more opportunity, just a few more minutes, see, they lost control of their emotions. They got angry. They got mad because of whatever that person made them mad about, they lost control of themselves. Oh. And, they, and they killed the person. Now they're there for the rest of their life. They don't have no other opportunity. They gave their opportunity away. It's easy to get mad. I woke up talking to somebody. It's easy to get mad and go get your gun and your knife, go get some weapon to hurt somebody and take somebody's life. My daddy often taught us when he set our boys down. He told us, told us never take something you can't give back. You can't give back life once you take it. And God gave life, and God do not approve of us taking one another life, because when we take one another life, it's like we killed the God that was in them. Huh? You don't give, don't take something that you can't give back. Once you take somebody's life, once you get so mad and kill somebody, you can't go and say, you're sorry, I'll bring you back alive. You done killed them, and it's over with now. So make sure you control your emotions. When you've been born again as Christians, we got to learn how to control our emotions, how to quit letting circumstance uh, 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 make us lose it. Uh, quit letting church, church, uh, circumstances steal our joy and steal our faith. We're up today and down tomorrow. We, we trust God today and tomorrow. We don't trust God. See, that's what happened to Sarah. Huh? She, she, she lost control of her emotions. She wanted a baby so bad, and the baby didn't come. So rather than her waiting on God to do what he said, because God said Abraham was going to have a child, but she couldn't see that because why? God told them that when they were young and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60. God told them that a year was going by. Girl, her getting gray now. God promised her a baby and she's 50. God promised her a baby and she's 60. God promised her a baby and she's 70. Oh, see, you see how they waited on the Lord? You so much can't even wait five days. We can't wait a year. We can't wait a half a year. We can't even wait uh, two years. But this girl waited 10 years and 20 years and 30 years and 40 years. And now she's 60. Now she's 70. 
And but she got discouraged along the way because she thought that, well, maybe since God ain't did it, uh, it maybe God want me to step in and help him out. See, God don't need our help. So she made a decision out of her emotion, uncontrolled emotion, and went to her husband and told him to lay with, with, with her servant, lay with her maid. That, that was the way God going to give her her baby. But after she did it, after being out of control, after taking matters in her own hands, she found out after the baby was born and the baby got to be troublesome and how the, and how the handmaid, the servant, began to be disrespectful to her, she realized now that she made a mistake. After the girl lay with Abraham and had a baby, now she don't want to do a thing Sarah told her to do. Now she thinks she's a wife. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now she thinks she needs to be respected. And Sarah got to deal with that issue now uh, that, of her acting disrespectful. So Sarah had her put away because she disrespect her and disrespect her son. Uh, you got to be careful whenever uh, our emotion is challenged. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 by the word of God, we're talking about the word of God now. Let the word of God fix it. He said, walk in the spirit, Galatians 5, 6, and 24, that you will not obey the, uh, the flesh. Because the flesh is fighting against the spirit. There's a war going on. See, when you got born again, see, you already had the flesh in your house. But when you got born again, you moved the spirit into your house. Now the spirit is one against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit. There are two people living in your house now, but the one that is the strongest is the one that got control. So you got to learn how to let the spirit now. Remember, the flesh been there a long time. So quite naturally, he thinks he had the authority. He thinks he should have the right of way. The flesh thinks he should have the most say-so because he was there before the spirit got there. So why should the spirit come in and try to rule when the spirit ain't been there for a little while? Well, that's because God would have the spirit to rule because the flesh ain't going to do right. The flesh ain't going to talk right. The flesh ain't going to act right. That's why you got to let the spirit control. Let the spirit rule. Let, let the spirit call the flesh to be on a subjection that you might obey the Lord. Ephesians. We just want to do it the word. I don't want to say what I've got to say. Ephesians 6, 11 through 17. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, of, against the authority, against the common powers over this present darkness, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days and have it done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fat fastened your belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and has shone on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Other words, your foot shunned it in the gospel. Not know all kind of different gospel. You with the seven day of Venice this week, you with the Jehovah the Witness next week. You you with the Mormons next week, you you with, with Christ uh, Church this week, you with the Baptist this week, the Presbyterian the next week. Let your foot be shunned, not in churches, but let your feet be shunned in the gospel. That means like cement when it's wet. When you step in the cement when it's wet and stay there and it dry, you can't get out of it. Put your feet in it and and become solid in that, and be you steadfast and immovable. Having on 
all the arm of God. Now, the, when it said the bread straight of righteousness, all that means is do right. Do right. When you got the bread straight of righteousness on, you're going to do right. When the wrong comes, you're going to do right. When folks try to trick you about wrong, you're going to do right. When people are going to lie and tell you that's the right thing to do, you know it's wrong, you're going to do right. When the devil comes to tempt you to do wrong, you're going to do right. Why? Because it's in you. It ain't something you got to make happen. When you got on the bread straight of righteousness, it's going to happen. It's just like your car. When you put it in drive, you ain't got to worry about it going in reverse because it's in drive. As long as you leave that car in drive, that car going to drive. It ain't going to pack up, put itself in reverse because you got it in drive. Only way it can go in reverse is you got to put it in reverse. So it is with the breath bre- bre- the plate of righteousness that God gave you. If you got it on, you can't do nothing but right. Okay, how much wrong come your way? You can't do nothing but right. Let them lie on you. You're going to do right. Let them talk about you. You're going to do right. Let them hang your name on the side. You might cry about it, but you're going to do right because righteousness is in you. You're going to be on control. See, this, this, this armor is going to help you control. You're going to be able to control the tricks of the enemy. See, throw them fiery dots at you, trying to discourage you. Then you got on the helmet of salvation. You know what a helmet is. It's just like a football helmet. The reason the football team, it don't mean that they ain't going to get hit in the head. What it means is when they do get hit in the head, the helmet will keep the blow from being as it might be if they didn't have a helmet on. If they didn't have a helmet on and they bump head out there on that football field, it'll knock them out. But if they bump head with that helmet on, it ain't going to do nothing that much because that helmet is going to protect the blow. And so it is when you got on salvation. That means you believe in Jesus Christ. He's your salvation. Uh, you believe in Jesus, and he's going to be your helmet. Not Muhammad next week and, and and another religion the next week and another religion the next week. Now you done gone cuckoo. You don't know what to believe. But he said the helmet of salvation through Christ Jesus, the helmet that God gave you when you got saved, that's the helmet. Okay. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Look what it says. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. What that means is control yourself. Don't become so angry that you take malice in your own hand. This is the mindset of the Lord. I repay God said. But you know you can get so mad that you can take malice in your own hand. You can be so angry that it doesn't matter what nobody tells you. I've seen people do that to be so angry. You try to talk them out of what they're about to do, and oh, they ain't going to listen. They're going to go and fix it in it. You try to tell them, don't do that. I had a friend. I told him, don't do it. He was so mad because something happened on the job and something the supervisor did, and I told him, don't do it. He got up and walked off the job. Well, when he come back the next day, guess what? He ain't got no job. They didn't excuse his anger. He was so mad. They tried to tell him, don't leave. You leave. You ain't going to have no job tomorrow. He thought they were joking. I guess he thought they were playing. And he turned around. When he come back, he had no job. Some of you might be that same way. You're going to walk out on your job. I don't care how mad you get. You've been born again. You belong to God. You represent God. Sometimes, no, no, yes, these supervisors are wrong sometimes. I could tell you a thousand times and a thousand ways they had wronged me. <coughs> Excuse me. But I had to stay right there and take it. Yes, they did me wrong, but I had to stay right there and take it. I ain't got to tell you the wrong they did, but I had to take it. I knew they were wrong. 
but I had to take it. I couldn't go home and tell my wife, tell my children that I walked out on the job because the supervisor did this and did that. That don't pay no bill. That ain't never paid no bill. Stuff like that don't pay bills. Then you're going to walk off your job not knowing when you're going to get another job, not knowing when you're going to get another income. So you got to stay right there until God fixes it. Huh? God will fix it, but you got to be you got to be in control. You got to be in control. You can't be out of control. He said, "Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down." You still mad? It had been five years ago. You still mad? It was ten years ago. You still mad? It was three years ago. The Bible said, "Don't let the sin sun go down on your anger." What that means is, don't stay angry a long time. Don't stay angry a long time. Don't let roots grow from your anger, because you do. Now you're messing with with your with the love that is on the inside of your heart. You giving space to the devil. That's why it said, "Give no opportunity to the devil." When you stay angry, you give opportunity to the devil, and that anger might turn into hate, and that hate might come into uh, to, to, to vengeance and murder. Proverbs twelve and six: The vexation of a fool is known at once. But the prudent ignore an insult. Fool will get mad. Proverbs 12 and 16. A fool will get mad and fix things. He'll let you know at once how he feels. Cuss you all out. Call you all kind of names. And don't even care whether you like it or not. That's what a fool will do. He don't care about how he said it. He don't care how he cursed you. He don't care what method you use. But a wise person will ignore a fool. You don't go cuss the back at a fool. Because the more you cuss at a fool, he's going to cuss better than you now. You both in bird. But a wise person, a controlling person, a person that controls their self, that controls their spirit, you will listen to that old that, that prudent and just get in your car and drive off. Just ignore him. Leave him standing there cussing. Somebody's going to call you this. They're going to call you name, call you a chicken. But that's all right. That chicken be alive tomorrow. They say, they say it's better to be a live chicken than a dead dog. So one thing about it, you'll be alive. You don't worry about letting nobody see. It's bad when people get killed trying to prove something to somebody else because somebody's saying you scared. I, 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 you, I do this, I do it. Baby, your life is on the line, and you got to be wise enough to know. As Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, when to run. You got to know when sometime uh, to, to just take that hurt. Uh, and, and keep on going. Ephesians 411, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, all in humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And Paul is talking to the Christian. To the Christian, he said, "The prisoner of Jesus Christ." Otherwise, we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We belong to God, and we can't act any kind of way. We got a reputation to hold up. We got to stay humble as Christians. We got to stay gentle as Christians. We got to stay patient as Christians. We got to learn how to burst something as Christians. We got to learn how to love more as Christians. We got to burn. We got to be eager to make it. Be eager to, to, prove, to, to please God. Be eager to keep the unity. Christian folk break all up. Christian people fall out with one another and fall to be a body. 
We are one body, and we're supposed to unify ourselves. The unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace. We're supposed to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, and we do that by not talking about one another, not gossiping on one another, not telling something that we ain't got no business to tell it on one another, not falling out with us because we argued and had a misunderstanding, and now you don't, you're going to sing in the choir with me and don't like me. How are you going to sing in the choir with me and don't like me? How are you going to stand beside me in the choir and sing with me and don't like me? See, that's a broken in the that's a broken bond in the spirit, and I know you don't like me. And then now you now it's been so long. I don't like you. We have to not allow this to happen. We, we got to keep the spirit free. We so that when you sing and I sing, the anointing to be on the song we sing. Cause there ain't but one body. There ain't no two or three Jesus. Ain't but one Jesus. Ain't but one Holy Spirit. We all were called to that. We all singing for the Lord in the choir. You ain't singing for somebody else. You're singing for God. I'm singing for God. We're all singing for God. And we're singing in love. We're singing in unity. That's why the choir need to get together and pray on Sunday morning before they start singing. Go into the prayer closet. Go in the prayer chamber and, and ask one another. Find out if there's anything going on. Find out there is an ism and schism in one another. So when they sing for God, the anointing will show up in the choir. Are you mad at me? Did I say anything? Uh, have I said anything to you that would hurt your feelings? You know, find out what's going on before the choir sing, before the choir be under control when they get ready to sing. First John 2 and 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not for your father, but they're from the, the world, the devil. You hear me? So for all that's in the world, this is all the world is, y'all. All the world is, is the desire of the flesh. You want to fulfill the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and be proudful about doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The proud of life. Excuse me. Let me drink my water, girl. That is all in the world. It is evil desire. Fulfilling the flesh, fulfilling the eye. And so proud and thank you better than somebody else. This is not Christian. This is not us. We are under control. We are, we, we are, we are under self-control. We are controlling all the emotions. But why? Because we want to please God. Remember, we belong to God. Everybody that belongs to God is working for God, working for one another. We're all in this body. And we all got to have love one for another. Can't be no decision between us. Can't be no division in us. But all got to be love. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that for, for those who love God, all things work together the good. <coughs> Please excuse me. Enemy trying to attack, but that's all right. <coughs> We're going to get through it. We know that for who love those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to prayer, remember this and never forget this, that you that have been born again, who love God, it may look like it's not working in your favor. It may look like the devil is winning. It may look like you get a raw deal. It may look like that God doesn't forsake you and God don't care about what you're going through, but that's just an illusion. Don't you never be deceived. Don't you never let the devil trick you and make you believe that. God is always on your side. And when it's all over with, you can you don't see it now. 
many things back now. Now I look back and I and I see it so different. Back then it looked like he had the best of me. Looked like it was winning. Looked like it was going to take me out of here. My back was against the wall and it looked like it was over. But now I look back at it and I realize it wasn't as big as I thought it was. It looked big now. Your back is against the wall. It looked like your marriage is over. It looked like your job is over. It looked like your health is over. It looked like your future is over. It looked like your success is over. But I encourage you, God is in control. God got it. It's going to work in your favor. It may not look like it now, but it's going to work in your favor. It is going to work in your favor. You is going to come out a winner. You is going to come out victorious. Yes, you are. You're going to come out victorious. Right now, even while I'm talking, God is working on the situation. I know he looked quiet. God is slow. Yes, he's slow. The Bible said he's slow. But the Bible said, but when he comes, he's going to run you down and knock you over. He may look like he's slow, but when he comes, you better get out of the way. But he's going to knock you down, and he's going to bless you. The old saying says he's going to bless your socks off. He's going to bless you. And, and listen, he's going to give you all that is lost. He's going to give you back what the canker worms have eaten, what the locusts had destroyed, what the famine had taken away, what the thief had stolen. Luke 6 and 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good things. The evil person out of the evil treasure of his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his, his mouth speaks. This is why the Bible tells us put a guard, put a watch over your heart. Be careful what go in your heart, because what go in your heart will come out your mouth. Hear me again? Be careful what you put in your heart, for what come out of your heart is, is going to come out your mouth. So that's why you put a guard over your heart. It's just like you had a jar of water. Say you had a gallon jar full of water, and you had two of them jars. One of them you had a lid on it, and another one you had it just sitting there open. And then, but you kept pouring dirt and grass and weeds and everything you knew that was unclean on that jar of water that got the lid on it. Guess what? None of that is going to go on the inside of that jar because that jar got a lid on it. You can pour it all day. It can thunder and lighten. It can rain and sleet and snow. Ain't none of that going to get in that jar because that jar got a lid on it. But that jar that ain't got no lid, all that trash, all that dirt, all that sleet, all that snow going to get in it and contaminate it because it didn't have no lid. And see, that's what it means. Let the love of God be the lid over your heart. Let God do okay, what you do. <coughs> Excuse me, don't lose the love of God. Let God's love be like a lid on the jaw. And nobody deny on you. Let them talk about you. Let them hang your name on the side. Let them say they ain't nothing to you. You keep that lid on that jaw so the things of this world cannot give in. Galatians 5 and 17, almost through. For the desire of the flesh are against the spirit, and the and desire of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposite one to the other to keep you from doing the thing. You, I said, you remember I said earlier, get the two live in your house now. Now that you've moved in the spirit in your house, the flesh is mad at you. The flesh sitting around thinking what he could do to get the spirit out. So the flesh is not going to listen. The flesh is never going to work. The flesh is never going to work on your behalf. That's why you got to put, call the flesh to become subject, because this ain't going to never want to do the right thing. It's mad. It's working against the spirit. You say you ain't going to do this no more, and the flesh still trying to do it. That's why Paul said that that I desire to do, I find myself not doing. Paul said that that I, find, I should do, I don't do. And that I said I won't or never do no more, that I do. So if I do that, I said I won't or never do. And that I said I won't or never do, I find myself doing. 
Paul said that the law working in me, the two members working in my flesh, that when I do good, he was always present. <clears throat> the devil does not want you to do good. That's why he was always present. That's why he was always standing around. He was standing there hoping that you give it an opportunity so he can get in and make you do wrong. Uh-huh. When you desire to do good, listen, do you desire to do good? You made up your mind on, at the beginning of the year. You had a New Year resolution. You're going to do this and do that, and it's been hard to do it. You know why? Because Eva don't want you to do it. Eva don't want you to, to pray more. Eva don't want you to fast more. Eva don't want you to read your Bible more. Eva don't want you to go to prayer meeting faithful and go to church faithful. Eva don't want you to give more God, God more of your time. Eva don't want that. So that's why you're having a problem. Eva don't want you to do those things. But just because Eva don't want you to do it don't mean you can't do it. So what you got to do, even though Eva don't want you to do it, do it anyway. Pray anyway. Fast anymore. Seek God anyway. Draw night to God anyway. And you will find out that out of why Eva will back up and leave you alone because victory belongs to you. My last verse. My last verse. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. This is how you control yourself. This is how you walk in control. This is how you know you are winner. This is how you know you're victorious. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Should I say that? I like this last verse. Trust in God, not your money, not your husband, not your boyfriend. Now, if you leave God because your boyfriend left you, your trust is in your boyfriend. If you leave God because your husband walked out, you your trust was in your husband. If you lose God, if you leave God because you lost your job, your trust was in your job, huh? You leave God because your loved one sick, or your daughter, or children, or something happened, and they got so sick until maybe God had to call them on, and then you left God. You was your trust was in your child. Your trust got to be in God when it looked bad, when it looked. Like the odds is against you, put your trust in God. He will never fail you. He will never let you down. He will never disappoint you. Sometimes we get disappointed, but it ain't God that's disappointed. God got your life in his favor. It is God's will that you prosper. Paul said, uh, he went above all things, you may prosper and be in hell, even as you're sober. God is, is, is on your side. God is for you, not against you. And for that reason, you need to trust with him. When I say all that means all, put nothing else before God. Let God be first and your wife be second and your children be third. Let God be first and your wife husband be first, second, and your children be God. Your children be third. And lean not on your own understanding because the devil will trick you. <coughs> Excuse me, the devil will lie to you. And God telling you stuff to make you make God look bad and make like, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. This is how you need to fix it. No. Put it in God's hand and leave it there and trust him to work it out. And I guarantee you, he will not fail you. Learning how to control your emotions in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Apostle. I was truly enjoying that. Oh, my God, you hit on so many points about controlling your anger, putting it in God's hand, dealing with the fruits of the Spirit. The list just went on and on. Oh, my God.
God. I just enjoy it. I know everybody out there really loves the wisdom gift that's coming from Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Again, that's on Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. We would encourage everyone all over the world to tune in. Tell your friends to tune in, your neighbors. Everybody from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock on a Thursday. That number is 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. Apostle, what's the name of your church? The Burning Bush Non-Denomination Deliverance Church. You hear that? The Burning Bush. And if people like to get in touch with you, your phone number is? 910-658-5206. 910-658-5206. Amen. Well, will you close this out in prayer? Because truly, as you say, what's the scripture we need to renew our mind so that God can control our emotions? Would you pray for us, sir? Precious Father. We pray that you will bring in the wonder parts of our mind, the obedient Christ. What's never lovely, what's never pure, what's never holy, what's never just, what's never righteous, what's never true, what's never a trustworthy, what's never of a good report, that we would think on these things in the name of Jesus, and that we will allow you, God, to control our emotions, control our feelings uh, in the name of Jesus that we will allow you, O oh God, that we won't lose control and become so angry and upset that we take matters in our own hand. But we'll trust you, Lord, in all our ways and acknowledge you and knowing that you will direct our path, knowing that you will fix it, that we'll know that the strict said that vengeance in mind said the Lord, I will repay. So help us to turn it loose and give it to you, Lord. Help us to, to, to surrender, O oh God, knowing that you're going to fix it, knowing that that person that hurt us, that person that lied on us, that person that cheated on us, that, that person that does uh, stumbling block that holds for us to fall in, knowing that they ain't going to get away, God, because you see, you God, then your responsibility of taking care of him, not us, oh God. We'll make a mess. We'll make a shipwreck. Then we'll end up in a world of trouble because we try to fix it ourselves. But help us to be patient, God, and, and give it unto you. Uh, acknowledge you in all our ways. You said you would direct our path. Because if we try to fix it, we're going to mess things up. We're going to mess up the pathway. But if we will acknowledge you, if we will let you have it, you're going to make everything all right. Somebody's so angry, God, and got an anger spirit. Yes, somebody got an anger spirit on them, God, and they keep giving into that anger spirit and breaking things and they're hitting their wives and they're, and they're beating, hitting the children. And it's so out of control, God, their anger spirit. Not only is their anger spirit, but the jealous spirit with that anger spirit, God. And they're so angry, God. They're so angry at their spouse, God. She can't even look at nobody. She can't, nobody can't even talk to her. This person, I, in the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying to this person right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus, God said, give it to him. This spirit is so angry, it's an angry spirit, causing them to be angry, jealously angry, beating the wife, hurting the wife. She fear you. But God said, give it up. God said, let it go. <laughs> God said, let, it, let him have it. Let him fix it for you. Let him have that anger. God said, for you to pray. This husband, God said, go to your prayer house and pray. Because if you don't let God have this, God's going to deal with you. God's going to deal with you. And you don't want God to deal with you. God's going to deal with you. So pray to Father Elias and this husband will let it go, God. He'll let go of this anger, this jealous anger, and that he will let you fix it, oh, God, before he hurt his wife, before he hurt his children. Now you bless us radio world everywhere, God. Give us the grace that we need, God, to control our emotions. 
and the glory shall be yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Son, my midnight in today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.